your hands on this Friday, good Friday, Friday, Friday morning. Come on, y'all. That is my jam. That is my jam. That is my Friday morning jam. Guys, I know, I know, I know. I cannot sing two buckets. What do they say? I can't sing in t- I don't know what the saying is. <laughs> two tunes in a bucket. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. Your girl is delighted to be back with you on this beautiful Friday morning that God has blessed us in. You know, just sitting here and meditating on this word and thinking about my prayer and my prayer life and just being able to get up and breathe and walk this morning and talk this morning. I know that he's able to do all things. So as we go into this prayer this morning, anything that you have on your heart, ask God to deliver it for you today, deliver you from it today. I woke up with a little anxiety, a little bit back pain, a little bit worry-ration. But as I began to say my morning prayer, I started to see layers being lifted off of me. And that is what being God conscious will do, letting God know and trusting that you know that he's in the healing and the fixing business. So as we go along on this day, we begin our prayer. Think about something that you need God to deliver you from on this day and let him have his way. Holy Spirit, we invite you into the room. Have your way in this place today. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you on this day, Father God, for breathing your breath into our bodies, Father God. Without you, we know that we wouldn't be speaking, walking, or talking right now in this moment, Father God. We thank you this morning for every beating heart, every moving limb, and every working organ, Father God. Heavenly Father, let our minds stay steadfast on your word today, Father God. Father God, we come boldly to the throne this morning with thanksgiving and praise in our mouth, Father God. We thank you on this day for our spouses, our children, and our family and friends, Father God. Father God, we thank you for the leaders of our households, Father God. Keep their minds steadfast on you this day, Father God. Have your way in their lives, O Heavenly Father. Let them lean not to their own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge you, Father God. Father God, train us all up the way that you think or know that we should go, Father God. Let the heads of the households take their rightful places, O Heavenly Father, and let the spouses fall in line up under them, Father God. Let us have what you want for us, the gift of love, the gift of life, Father God. Let us be obedient to your word, Father God, and trust, Father God, that you are our refuge, you are our salvation, Heavenly Father, and we can do nothing without you, Father God. Father God, we know that the blood is still working, Father God, And we plead the blood over our lives, Father God, on this day, Father God. Everything in our lives, Father God. We plead the blood right now, Father God. We give thanks to our ministers and our bishops, Father God, our evangelists, O Heavenly Father. We give thanks for our leaders of this nation, Father God, the men and women that you put in places, Father God. Have your way in their lives, Father God. Train them up 
in the way that they should go, Father God. Let them not lean to their own understanding, Father God, but in all their ways acknowledge you, O Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we know that you go before us to prepare a table in the presence of our enemies, and you anoint our heads with oil, Father God. Let us be on this day, not men of women of many words, Father God, but open up our hearts and our minds to you, O Heavenly Father. Father God, anything that's not like you, remove it from us right now in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. We gladly come to the throne, Father God, with thanksgiving and praises in our mouths. Hallelujah to your name, because it is the highest praise. Father God, you are glorious, you are merciful, God, and we thank you for your mercy and your grace, every Father God, because we know that it's new every single day. Every single day of our lives that we wake up, Father God, we know that we wake up to that grace and to that mercy, Father God. Father God, anything that's in our lives that's not like you, we ask, we command it, Father God, because you said in your word, command it of me, Father God. So right now we command you to remove anything that's not like you that's in our lives, Father God. Any thought, any action, Father God, Stop it right now in its place, O oh Heavenly Father. Let us rise up and take our rightful places, Father God. Let us rise up and be the men and women that you called us to be. Not just the men and women, Father God, but the righteous men and women that you've called us to be, Father God. Father God, we know that you're able to do all things in our lives, O oh Heavenly Father. On this day, Father God, and we plead the blood right now over our lives every moving organ, every beating heart, every ear that has ears to hear, Father God. We claim the victory and the glory right now that you promised to us, Lord. We thank you in advance for all the things that you're doing in our lives on this day, Heavenly Father. Let us lean not to our own understanding today, Father God, but claim the victory right now, Father God because you made that covenant with us so long, long ago, Father God. And we thank you for it on this day, Father God. We know that we can do nothing without you, Father God. From dust that we came, from dust we will return, Father God. Let us not put on a performance, Father God, for a form or a fashion for men or women, Father God, but let all our actions and everything that we do be for your glory, Father God. Use us this day, Father God, for your glory, Father God. Let us rise up and be your rams in the bush, Father God. We are so ever grateful, Father God, for you raising us up, Father God, on this day. And we thank you for it, Father God. We know that you're able. We know that you're able, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, for interceding on our behalf, Father God for whispering sweet, sweet things, Father God, to your Father on our behalf, Father God. We come right now, Father God, with clean hearts and clean minds, Father God. Lay your hands on us today, Heavenly Father, and change things in our lives, Father God. Change situations, plans, and actions, Father God. Father God, unleash us, Father God, from that Satan, from Satan, Father God, he desires, Father God, to shift us all like wheat, Heavenly Father. But we know, we know that we know that we know, Father God, 
that you are above all things in heaven and on earth, Father God. So without a shadow of a doubt, Father God, we know that you hear us, that our prayers reach the realms of heaven, O oh Heavenly Father. And we're grateful on this day, Father God, that you have your hands on our lives, Father God, that you have the hairs on our head numbered, O oh Heavenly Father. Move through us like you've never moved through us before, O oh Heavenly Father. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us that we're unable to receive on this day, Father God. You said in your word when one or two or three or more are gathered that you are so there in the midst. And we thank you right now, Father God, for your grace and your mercy. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. And we seal it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen and amen. You got to get those prayers to the rims of heaven. All we need is a touch from Jesus. Let us touch the hem of his garment so that we may be made whole. But we got to put that faith to work. We got to put that faith to work. The woman with the issue of blood, she had faith. She didn't even have to touch him. She had faith. And as he moved through the crowd, he began to say to his disciples, who touched me? And his disciples said, you know, my Lord, there's so many people out here. Anybody could have touched you. He said, no, who touched me? Hallelujah to his name. He is worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Who touched me? So you want to have faith and trust in your heavenly father that when you're in despair or in need, but you know that you know that God loves you, that he can say, who touched me? Ah, that was Victoria. She touched me. Let me go see about her. She touched me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's get into this word this morning. We're in Exodus chapter 17. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We have got to get these commercials in for our sponsors, Better Help. So let's go ahead and give Better Help a shout out. Thank you, Better Help, for sponsoring this podcast. We thank you on this day. Guys, did you know that BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it is 100% online? With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. Guys, to get started, all you need to do is to answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can sit back, relax, because BetterHelp, you can contact them by telephone, text, chat, video call. You can even message your therapist at any time when it is convenient for you. And if your therapist is not the right 
fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality that you can expect in an in-office visit, but with a therapist that is custom-picked for you. Better scheduling, flexibility, and the best part of all, at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash 12th Street. That's better. H-E-L-P.com slash 12th Street. I have also linked it in the description below. Okay, guys, let's get it. Let's get it. We're going to head on over to Chapter 17, and we are going to get into this word, what I am reading on today. I'm so excited about what I'm reading on today. Because we're heading, we're in the wilderness, and we had such an amazing week this week. I am so thankful and grateful for the Holy Spirit having his way inside of me, raising up my spirit, man, to be able to use me as the vessel that he has called me to be. It is not by my grace, but by his grace that I am delivered and set free. So I thank him for this week. I thank him, thank him, thank him for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into chapter 17. Let me get my readers here. Let me get my readers. And all of the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim and there was no water for the people to drink where therefore the people did chide with Moses and said give us water that we may drink and Moses said unto them why chide with me where therefore ye tempt the Lord And the people thirst there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Where therefore is is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto these people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou must the river, most the river, smost the river, I'm sorry, smost the river, take it in thy hand and go. Behold, I will sit, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Messah and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joseph did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek 
And Moses and Aaron and her went on to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and her st- stayed up his hands, the one, one on one side and one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua confitted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war with Amalek generation to generation. So guys, let's break this down really, really quickly. I want to go back just a little bit. And I'm going to read a little bit of it out of my NIV. Sometimes when I'm reading out of my Master James, the words don't come together for me. Because I am studying. I am a steward of the Lord. I'm his, I am, I'm his student, should I say. So I'm letting him have his way as I'm reading it with you guys. So I'm going to read it out of my NIV really quickly. The whole, is, the whole Israelites commune set out from the desert of sin, traveling from the place to place as the Lord commanded. They encamped at Remedim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they squarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses replied, why do you squirrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses, and they said, did you bring us up from Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord answered Moses and said, go out in front of the people, Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, the water will come out of it for the people so drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and he called the place Manasseh and Meribah because the Israelites squirreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? See, sometimes when I read it from different books, my mind isn't so jumbled. So, guys, listen. I made a few notes. Oh, gosh. I made a few notes the other night. Because when I was reading on Wednesday, I got so caught up. I think, I know that God gave me what he wanted me to say. But my recap in it going back to chapter 16. Now we see, um, we started to see the hand of God moving in, moving in the Israelites' journey. God began to provide for them. He gave them a feast at night of quail. He rained manna from heaven the next morning. And the manna kept them with their daily bread, their nourishment, their strength, my Matthew Henry tells me. 
In addition to that, they were only to gather portions, but not to store up. And that was the whole point of me going back to chapter 16, should I say, because they decided they wanted to store up more. He had told them, if you go, gather up what you can eat. Gather up what you can eat for you and your family. But don't store it up. Because all it's going to do is going to turn into worms and it's going to stay. But the people being hard-headed already. The people being hard-headed already. Some decided they was going to store some up anyway. And that is us as the people. Sometimes we think that we can outthink God. I know I'm certainly not exempt from that. I am certainly not exempt from it. But when I go back, when I start trying to do things my way, it does not seem to work out my way. I can start out trying to do it my way. But as I began to walk with my Heavenly Father, He'll change my mind in the circumstance or in the thought. And it takes me a minute to shake it off. It takes me a minute to shake it off. And that is my point for today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Walking and being a Christian and turning your life over to Christ. Just like with the Israelites, he brought them out of Egypt. He showed them miracle signs and wonders before he brought them out. And while he brought them out, and all he asked us to do was to trust him. That's all he asked the, his people to do was to trust him. You've seen all this stuff. You start complaining about you're hungry and you're thirsty. Now, God then did all this stuff to bring you out of the hand of your enemy. So you can't trust him to do the rest. And so you start talking to humans, Moses and Aaron. Why did you bring us out? Did you bring us out to starve us and our children? Did you bring out, bring us out so we won't have water? Our cattle, our children, us. Man, we were better off where we was at. But really, are you better off where you're at? And in my Christian walk that is so fresh to me, my mind starts to wonder about some things that goes on in my life. And when I start to put my hand in it, I don't see anything move. So I have to go back and I have to repent and I have to ask God for my wayward thinking. I have to ask him to continue to order my footsteps, change my mind, change my heart about the way I was thinking about it. And sometimes it'll happen that day and sometimes it won't happen for months or weeks. But when it does happen, I remember the day that I was either stressing over something or thinking that I could do it. And I'm still being trained. And that's the walk, that's the faith walk. And it's a constantly a reminder every day. But, it, but as we say those words, Heavenly Father, please etch the words of your daily bread across the tables of my heart. That's what he's doing. That is what he's doing. That is what he's doing. So every day may not be a great day, 
And just like the people of Israel, is God among us? Sometimes it can feel like that. But God is not going to give you faith. That's something that you have to acquire on your own. To let God know that you trust him. That you love him. That you believe and stand on every word that proceeded out of his word. Every word that came out of his mouth. Every promise. Every covenant. Everything that he said that he was going to do for you. Faith does not come by hearing it and seeing it. He says in his word that faith comes by things that are not seen. It's the evidence of things that's not seen. But we as people, just like his people, we got to see it. And then when he very well provided for them the manna from heaven and the quail, they still go on to grumble. Now it's too much. And then when he gathered together the manna and told him, gather it up daily for food, for strength. He knew they needed food and strength, just like he knows our needs. But we got to have faith. It's our endurance. It's our fortitude to know that we know that God is in the midst. And no, we can't see it with the natural eye. And no, it does not feel good to the heart or the flesh. But the comfort of knowing that our Heavenly Father still sits on the throne. And Jesus Christ, His sons, make intercessions on our behalf. He sits on the right side and intercedes on our behalf. Let's me know that I can't stumble in my faith, but we do. But the great part about it is when you realize that you're stumbling in your faith walk, you right there and immediately, and you have to talk to yourself. I can't think like that. I can't think like that. I cannot think like that. Because I know my God is able to do all things. And if it didn't happen in this area, whether it be on the job, whether you believe in God for a house, whether you believe in him for a car, whether you believe in him to straighten out your children, your grandbabies, whether you believe him to put a roof over your head, whatever you're believing him for, you got to know that he's going to do it. And sometimes we have to wait a while. Because God is looking at our actions too. He's looking at the fact that we know that we trust him. And in trusting God requires you to stand on your faith. Now he fed the people. He told them that he was gonna rain down manna from heaven. And he gave them quail at night and to gather up daily portions, but not to gather to store up unless it turns to worms or smell foul. Trusting in God will provide for them the next day. The only time he gave them permission to store up more than a day's worth was on the sixth day. Because for the seventh, it was the holy day. 
So God gave them permission on the sixth day to store up enough for two days, prepare it on the sixth day because he wanted them to do nothing. This was a pointed time of rest. They was to prepare every day, everything before the seventh day. However, some of the people still not knowing how to follow instruction went out on the seventh day in search of manna anyway. And they found nothing. They went out looking for food, but they found nothing. So God said to Moses, how long will you refuse to disobey my commandments? And although Moses didn't do anything, my Matthew Henry tells me that this indicates a direction to Moses, even though God knew that Moses wasn't being disobedient, but the people was being disobedient. But he said this to Moses, then in hopes that Moses, as the ruler of the disobedient people, he charged it to him so that hopefully Moses would warmly charge it to us. That's kind of like when someone comes up to you or possibly you hear a word in church or someone comes up to you and give you a word from God. Nicely in your actions. It may give you something to think about. However, we've always lived in a time. It's just getting worse today. You can't walk up to people and tell them things that's good for them. Because it's always going to be someone that want to dispute what you say or may take it as a negative thing. So we as people, servants of God, we have to be mindful of the things that we say to each other. My husband was talking to me the other night as we were talking about the Bible. And he said, you know, the Bible says, am I now your enemy because I tell you the truth? People don't want to hear the truth anymore. They don't want to hear the word of God and the statutes and commandments that God put in place for his people because he loves us, not because he wants to hurt or harm us. People don't want to hear when they're wrong anymore. And then some sit and fester on it because they're trying to figure out a way to make it right. These people couldn't make this right. They didn't follow instructions. Gather up portions daily and on the sixth day, you can gather more, a double portion. Because I want you to take the day, the seventh day, as a day of rest. And the manna from heaven, my Matthew Henry says, I'm not going to have time to go into it, but it says, we find out that it's kept before the altar as we move on. That the armor of this manna was held up in a golden pot as we are told for the ark when it was afterwards made. Eating bread must not be forgotten. God's miracles and mercies are to be had in everlasting, held in everlasting memory for our encouragement to trust him at all times. How the mercy of this was continued as long 
as it could. The manna was never, never ceased until they came to the borders of Canaan where there was bread enough to spare. The manna is called spiritual meat in 1 Corinthians because it was typical of spiritual blessings and heavenly things. Christ himself is the true manna, the bread of life of which this was a figure. John chapter 5 verse 49 and 51, the word of God is the manna by which our souls are nourished. The comfort of the spirits are hidden in manna, revelations. It refers to Matthew and revelations, Matthew 4, revelations 2, 17. These come from heaven as manna did and are supported in comfort, comforts of divine life in the soul while we are in the wilderness of this world. It is to be gathered. Christ is the word. It is to be applied to the soul and the meaning of grace are to be used. We must, every one of us, gather for ourselves and gather in the morning of our days in every opportunity that we have and not let it slip away before it's too late. The Word of God. It also goes to tell us about what I was just talking about. The manna they gathered must not be hoarded up, but be eaten. Those that have received Christ must by faith live upon him and not receive his grace in vain. But those that did eat manna hungered again, died at last. And with many of them, God was not well pleased. Whereas those that was fed on Christ by faith shall never hunger and shall die no more. And then God will be forever well pleased. The Lord forevermore gives us this bread. Guys, I know I went a little bit over. You guys be blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Friday. I promise to scale it back to 30 minutes. We went from 2 minutes to 10 minutes, from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. And I'm going to just let God have his way. But I will try to keep it under 30 minutes going forth. Be blessed in your weekend. Find yourself in a Bible-based church under the leadership of an awesome, awesome leader, God has put many in place for us around this great nation, every corner, every crook. You just got to look for them. You got to use that thing that we call instinct, that gut. Rake a little bit in for yourself when you're listening to the word. Push the rest aside of the plate. Don't throw it away because you never know when you're going to have to come back and pick it up. But be blessed in all that you do this weekend. And if you can't find yourself in a good Bible-based church and you're just not ready to make that step yet, find it on one of your social media sites. God knows there's a lot of people out there on these social media sites talking about the Word of God. Find you one on YouTube. 
or even your regular TV stations or tune into your church. Go back to where you came from. You was going there for a long, long time. It must have been something that made you stay as long as you did. Go back and revisit whatever made you depart from that church, whether it was being lazy, whether it was the pandemic, or whether it was something that someone said to you. So go back and see if you can find your seat there and meditate on God's word while you're there. Ask him to give you something to hold on to. Get yourself in your word for yourself and let God reveal himself up unto you. Every situation is not the same. Every circumstance is not the same. Just because it worked for you don't mean it's going to work for Mary Beth. Mary Beth got to find her own relationship with God so God can start doing things in her life. And these are just figures of speeches, these names I called out, not applying to any particular person. And that's another thing real quick. We have to choose what we say in this day and time because we don't want to offend anybody. We have gotten so far away from God and just loving on one another. We got to explain what we meant by what we said. It's very unfortunate. But get yourself closer to God and let him start revealing some things to you. And that'll be one more person that can chase down another person to let them know about the love of God. Peace and blessings to you all.